Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. That it is. Good to be back again. Zach, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the floor here if you want to go ahead and introduce our guests we have here today. All right. Well, we have a special guest on today. Got on uh, our good buddy Will from out in Colorado. We appreciate him taking time out of his busy day to come and record this. Will, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself, go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, boys. My name is Will Toll. Um, yeah, there's not much to my story. I, uh, I grew up in New Jersey, um, started bow hunting young at, I think nine, I passed my hunter safety and, uh, went to school in New Hampshire. Um, still sort of addicted to bow hunting, like probably anybody else here that's, uh, that's listening to this. Um, moved to Colorado. Did you guys lose me? Nope, we got you. Nope, we got you. Moved to Colorado uh, 16, 17 years ago. Time all seems to melt together. But uh, yeah, that's when I sort of really lost it, um, when there was more to hunt than just, uh, you know, your backyard whitetails. Um, got into elk hunting, uh, you know, 20 years ago, if you told me that I was going to be doing and planning and dreaming of some of the things that I've either made happen or about to make happen, I wouldn't have believed you. But uh, it's been a fun ride. So yeah, now I'm a father. I got two little boys that should be sleeping right now that are, uh, I can hear them talking. They may even uh, jump on this thing for a minute. Who knows? Um, my wife is out uh, having a happy hour tonight, which is uh, yeah, is the best way to do it. If you're a, if you're a hunting addict, take good care of your wife. But uh, yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. Perfect. You uh, moved out from New Jersey. That's pretty awesome. Uh, opened up a lot of opportunities for you to hunt the West. Um, I guess long story short, I should should say how I met you, Will. Um, I, I knew you for both site. You go by the handle of OTC Will, and I know we've got quite a few listeners on here who are site folks, and your stories are pretty popular on site. I think if I remember hearing somewhere, yours are the most followed of anybody's on there. Uh, your ability to tell a story is just unbelievable, so if you got time, go check them out if you haven't. But uh, your name, OTC Will, I guess you're kind of known for doing over-the-counter DIY stuff all over the West. Will, if you want to talk about, you know, some of your adventures, you know, what do you look for when, when you're looking to go on, you know, you're planning your, halt, your fall hunts, you know, what areas are you, are, do you look for to apply, you know, kind of how do you plan out your falls, I guess. I mean, you're, you do all kinds of stuff. You've been there, you've done that. You can just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, it was always based on, um, you know, what I could do, whatever it is, whatever it is I could do, I want to do it. I mean, uh, anything from shooting ducks and geese with my bow to, uh, you know, anything else. I guess my dreams have grown a bit, but when I first got out here, um, I still drove all the way back to New Jersey to, to bow hunt deer, but I sort of 
you know, got my feet wet, met one of my best friends, still, still, uh, you know, a brother of mine, um, Joe, and uh, started elk hunting um, here in Colorado. And I mean, you guys know the story. You you get one thing done, and then it's the next, and then it's the next, and you know, you kill an elk with a bow and you want to kill a giant elk with a bow and you kill a few of those and, you know, you want to shoot some pronghorn and you're hoping to do this and that. And, uh, yeah, it just sort of never ends. Um, of course, income wise, uh, I've, I've been a, I got a degree in wildlife biology. Um, and I found out that, uh, being, uh, you know, I always imagined maybe I'd be a conservation officer but I found out that I'd have to work during hunting season and that was a deal breaker. So I've uh, been in construction my whole life. Um, not everything is doable on a blue collar salary, but uh, if it is, I'm going to give it a try. But yeah, so uh, you know what goes into the planning? Uh, I guess you just sort of, you know, you guys are probably the same. You sort of set your sights on something. Um, you know, Alaska is the newest thing that I've, you know, sort of tried a few times and um, it's a whole nother addiction in itself. Um, for a while, I eat, breathe, slept, you know, elk all year long. Um, now, I think some of these other dreams are getting in the way of elk hunting, but that's okay. There's plenty of time. Um, and you can't do it all. So yeah, I, I sort of cram as much as I can into my schedule, as much as my wife will put up with, um, thanks to her. Uh, she's uh, pretty understanding of everything I do. So um, yeah, that's kind of whatever I can, whatever I can get my hands on and I can afford, uh, I'm gonna give it a try. Right on, living the dream, making the most of it for sure. Definitely. Well, when you, uh, you, uh, you know, you mentioned elk hunting, um, you know, we, uh, you know, I know Zach, um, a couple years ago, drew a Nebraska elk tag and I'm getting ready to head out to Idaho to this fall. So I'm pretty excited about that. I haven't ever been elk hunting before, so pretty excited about that. Do you want to, do you have any memorable elk hunts or anything that you just wanted to share? Or, I mean, I'm sure you have many memorable ones, but anything stick out in your mind as far as one that uh, one or two that really um, you really enjoyed or was a really good experience? Sure. Uh, I could probably tell elk stories all night. Um, <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> I think it's the almosts that have stuck with me uh, more than anything else. Um, you know, if it weren't for almost, I suppose we'd all have a bunch of booners on our wall, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, kind of the dream over the counter at least is, you know, the chance at, you know, 350-ish bull. And I've had a couple of run-ins with those. Um, one year I was down in this thick, thick timber. I mean, it's spruce fir. But if you can imagine, you're not shooting 12 yards, 10 maybe, thick. Um, you can barely see. And I'm on this elk trail. I'm real close to the bedding area. And I'm on this elk trail. 
that's about the only way, you know, the only reason I was on the trail is because you can't get through any other way unless you're, you know, sort of laying down. And I had snuck in there and I'd seen this bull from a long way off. I knew he was big. I didn't know how big and um, he's bugling and, you know, there's elk well within bow range of me, but you can't see 10 yards. And uh, I wait, I still hadn't hit a call at all. And the bull was maybe, I don't know, 60 yards or so I'm guessing. And I cut him off. Um, it's later in the evening and uh, he commits like immediately. I hear him uh, sort of making, I don't know, well, it's not a glunk because a glunk is a noise they do when they're sort of following a cow. It was just kind of a, a groan um, type popping deal. And he's just walking right to me. When I see his antlers, I see his body coming through. He's at 20 yards, 15 yards, and he's going to come around, you know, this little turn and be clear at like six. Um, so I draw my bow and I catch a little movement to my left. And I'm, so I'm at, I'm drawn. I have my pin on this thing through a bunch of crap. Um, and he's still coming. And I look over to my left and it's a five point that I would have shot under any other circumstances on over the counter tag. And I see him standing there. And anyway, long story short, the big bull sees him and chases that daggone thing like a dog chases a cat. I mean, he just blew through. I mean, just imagine this impenetrable thick timber. He just not, he just ran over everything. And of course, like, you know, I'm thinking about trying to shoot him, you know, making a bad decision. Like, you know, we've all done that. You know, that's why I often tell people I like to learn from my own mistakes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he blows through there and right out of my life. Um, so that was one, you know, monster. And I, you know, I'm not going to say I had a spot picked out on my wall, but oh my God, that bull, like I was literally thinking about the pack out. And I definitely was thinking oh, I did it. You know, I'm you know, when I saw the bull, I knew he was, you know, he was over 340. Um, it's hard to tell when they get that big. Um, really long main beams, you know, 50 plus inches, you know, it's hard to tell exact, but he was what I, you know, he was the dream for me over the counter um, and gone. But uh, yeah, that's one, that's one that'll haunt me forever. And yeah, I've killed a couple at like uh, maybe twice the distance that I'm looking at you guys on my computer screen right now, like <laughs> a couple inches longer than my arrow is. Oh, um, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. One, uh, I actually, it was like, I don't know, 4.15 or something in the afternoon. I was hiking up somewhere way harder than where this bull was, you know, sort of one of those deals where you're just starting your hike. There's really no reason to be there where I hunt real early because the wind's so terrible. And I'm hiking up there and boy, this bull bugles 300 yards away. Like, I don't know, maybe it was mile and a half from the truck, mile from the truck. I was going three and a half miles from the truck. So I was like, sweet. I'll turn around and I, you know, I sneak in, I get close and same thing. Never, never made a noise, got well inside a hundred yards and cut one off. 
and he comes charging right in, um, stopped like 35 yards and just in the wrong spot and right away whirled and ran off. Um, mind you, this is over the counter, public land. You guys can go hunt it too. Um, and I hear another bull bugle. I'm like, <laughs> sweet. Uh, so I sneak in a little closer on this one. And this time I'm like, I'm going to put this thing on top of me. You know, 35 yards was great and all if he had stopped in the open, but he didn't. Um, so I turned my bugle, you know, behind me, tried to pull the old ventriloquist maneuver and bugle over my back. And then I ran up, you know, 45 yards or so. And right away, I see this bull just come lumbering out. Still, you know, my biggest bull. Uh, I don't know. He's over 300, 320 or so. Um, he comes lumbering out, and it's perfect. There's this little dip. He drops down into the dip. He's coming literally right at me. When he drops into the dip, he's at 15 yards. And he, you know, so far down in the dip, I can barely even see his antlers. Just a steep little thing. And uh, I draw my bow and he pops up. He's at like six, five, two. He walked by me so close that I leaned back to give my arrow clearance. Um, still walking and I was getting ready to shoot him. He walked, I let him walk past me. He was so close. Um, I let him walk to like five yards and he stretched his neck out to make his last bugle. Um, I shot him and he, he turned or he heard the arrow skipping through the woods behind him and he turned around and looked away from me and watched the arrow kind of tinkling through the woods and then just dropped over dead five yards from me. Um, oh, so yeah, <laughs> that one, that one was pretty awesome. It's uh, I mean, you guys, you know, the feeling like, you know, you always just pray something will go down in sight, but this thing went down in like one and a half seconds. And if he had been any closer, his antlers may have hit me when he hit the ground. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can keep going on the elk stories. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll tell another one. You guys can cut me off whenever oh, you want. Please keep going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There's a super steep avalanche chute. We call it the chutes. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's brutal. Uh, there's no, there's no overstating the the steepness. There's a reason that the bulls are getting big up there. Um, it's just nasty. It's no fun to hunt. It's easier to go somewhere else and say, oh, let's go, you know, let's go to the basin or let's, you know, you guys know that story, I'm sure. Like, there's always something easier that you can do and there's always something that you sort of know you should do. Um, Anyway, the shoots have gotten the best of me year after year. The wind is terrible. That steep country, it's not like, you know, I often hear or read people, you know, talking about hunting all day, but you're not doing yourself any favors hunting all day where I hunt. Um, the wind is just absolutely horrible. I've seen elk blow out from six, 700 yards. And this is that spot. They're up on this ridge. It's it's practically inaccessible. It's relatively dangerous. Um, anyway, I was on them the day before close. And this time I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sprint up there. Um, and it's like, you know, I'd have to look at the timestamp on my, on my phone, but real near legal light 
when I killed this bull. But I sneak up in there and I get close to him. And I mean, you, you probably uh, starting to see the pattern, but I'll get close and bugle. I swear, if you get really close, I mean, like, should I bugle or should I maybe just try to shoot this thing close? They don't like that, you know. They they have not heard you call yet, you know. You're sneaking in there. They have absolutely no idea you're there. And all of a sudden, another bull, they think, bugles from 50, 60 yards away. I mean, right on top of them. Uh, I have definitely seen bulls run away from that, but I have had them in my lap um, quite a few times. Anyway, I, I bugled at this guy at first time, like maybe 80 yards. He's pissed, raking trees, you know, just doing everything that you know. He's absolutely irate over it. Got to 50, bugled again. Um, similar terrain, thick, short spruces. Like, you're not shooting very far. There's a couple openings, and I was hoping I'd catch him in one of those. And I got to about, I don't know, 40, 30, um, and, and bugled again, and he just ran in. I saw his antlers coming, and I could see his antlers at 20, you know, 15, 10, still no shot, and he's on a full run. I mean, like, as fast as an elk can move, um, running right at me. And that one, you know, obviously I, I'm drawn, I spit my diaphragm on the ground, um, and he came to about, I don't know, th three feet, three feet when I shot him. I literally couldn't have shot him at seven feet. That's how thick it was. So something to do with that, you know, that type of cover, too, is conducive to bringing them into, you know, that kind of range. They know they can't see it. Um, you know, people often complain about the, you know, the West Coast kind of, I don't know, it's Oregon where it's so thick. and um, But there's some advantage. There's definitely some advantages to that super thick stuff. It's like same thing people will tell you with turkeys, call from a spot that they have to come see. But, yeah, this bull had to come see, and he came to about, you know, three or four feet um, and caught an arrow and was going the other way. <laughs> and it was uh, – you know, I'd be lying if I told you I aimed. Um, it just happened. And the next thing I know, you know, he went maybe 15 yards and piled up. But uh, that's kind of as good as it gets when it comes to <laughs> elk hunting in general, particularly if it's over the counter and you're talking about, you know, a 300-inch bull. But, yeah, I have a lot of those stories. <laughs> awesome. Getting right up and close and personal with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, that's what's so exciting about elk. I mean, some of it is just that they're so big. Um, it just gets the blood pumping. I, I can remember when I first started elk hunting, um, I'd like to say it was like, you know, being a kid again but it might have been more intense than that like before i had ever shot an elk but i'd been close um man i was just absolutely overwhelmed with it i mean i couldn't uh you know i had 
I had two seasons of elk hunting out here um, that I didn't kill an elk, but I shot one both seasons. Um, and it just drove me crazy. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else. There was no other hunting on my mind. There was, I had to do it. And, uh, it's funny. One of my best friends right now who actually met at the trailhead, um, hunting elk. Um, he's like that now. And we're trying to plan, you know, Alaska hunts and, you know, we want to do some mule deer hunts and, but he's sort of, uh, he's handicapped by it. It'll do that to you. It's that type of thing. Um, but I don't know if you guys have an edit function, but I can hear my boys like destroying their room right now. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up and uh, no, that's fine. Tell well, them tell them to sit down for a second, and I'll be right back. Yep, nope. we'll pause it real yeah. quick. No problem. Sorry. No, no worries. All right, okay, I'm trying to remember where I was at. I was telling some kind of bullshit story to you guys about something I may or may not have done. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, beauty about, uh, the beauty about hunting by yourself is, you know, it's uh, it's your word against everyone else's. So it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I think Zach had a question for you, though. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, Will, you mentioned that elk, you know, that's kind of your forte, you know, your your favorite thing but uh i know you've been to alaska you talked about that kind of at the beginning um do you want to talk about any of that or if you have any upcoming hunts there you know i know alaska it's a lot of people's dreams and love to hear about anything you have to say about that man the first thing i'll say about alaska is i am the i am no expert uh i am extremely blessed to have couple of good friends um, that have helped me out, um, taken me under their wing, given me advice. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, I mean, I could have just kept killing elk over the counter for the rest of my days, um, drawing when I could. Um, Alaska has gotten in the way of elk hunting. And, you know, Five years ago, I would have said nothing like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill as many Pope and Young bulls as I can over the counter. Um, maybe some of that was ego. Who knows? But Alaska is, it's just another kind of adventure, man. I mean, you have to do it. I think what a lot of people don't realize is it is affordable. It's not just for rich guys. Uh, I'm here to tell you I'm anything but rich. Um, but you're talking about you know they've upped the tag prices but we did kodiak in i think it was 2017 um i was door to door for like 2700 bucks anybody who can't save up 2700 bucks you know piece by piece i'm sure you know to some of your listeners that probably sounds like a lot it did to me um but if you break that down to monthly uh, savings, you know, you're talking about a couple hundred bucks per month, um, you know, for the couple, a year, maybe two, and, and you're there. It's just, it's so doable and you don't, you know, you it, it's the type of thing you think you know, you need to have some definitive knowledge on. You gotta, you gotta know somebody, but that's not the truth. I mean, so I've been to Alaska now twice and have two other trips already planned. 
um, if that tells you anything. But both trips, we had specific GPS coordinates from extremely reliable sources picked out and neither trip did we end up going to those places. Um, we took the pilot's word, like nobody knows better than the pilot. Um, if you're a good dude and you know, you can, you know, you're polite, you can, uh, you know, talk to the pilot when you get there, just know anytime you go into Alaska, whatever you think you might, wherever you think you might be headed, um, that could change in a heartbeat. Um, when we went to Kodiak, there was somebody camped at the lake that we had, you know, researched, gotten information on, talked to guys that had been there, thought it was, you know, our secret, you know, spot. And there was a guy there. Obviously, we're, we're not flying for, an, I don't know how far it was, you know, I, I, but it's a, it's a good flight um, from the city of Kodiak across nothing um, just to land on a, on a lake that has a tent on it you know, we're not doing that. So we got up, you know, we flew a couple miles and a couple miles in that stuff is, uh, I mean, basically you can't get, I suppose you could if your life depended on it, but people aren't walking miles as the crow flies um, on Kodiak Island, um, you know, up and down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so wet. It's just not that easy. Um, so we ended up in, you know, a spot that we'd never been to just sort of okay like I guess this looks good um and killed nine three of us killed nine bucks in like seven days um and probably the most fun I've ever had hunting um and then my other Alaska experience was this past year uh, moose hunting and three of us should have killed three bulls um in i don't know about the same time really we lost one um so we went two for three but yeah it's just a whole nother kind of experience um there's just no feeling like watching a plane fly away from you in the middle of nowhere knowing that you're not calling anybody or um you know i that's it it's just you and your bow and you know, if you're going to Alaska, I at least recommend you bring a gun. Um, one for bears and two, it's just, that's just a different kind of hunt. Like for myself, I've been a bow snob for the most part, most of my life. But if I have a couple grand into it, I think I'd rather kill something myself than, uh, than kill something with a bow if it comes down to that. But usually it'll work out either way. But yeah, the, the Alaska thing's incredible. So I have uh, next year, 2021, I'm going back to Kodiak. Um, probably the most fun you can possibly have. Go with the right people. I definitely did that. Um, it's just a blast. I mean, giant salmon hand over fist. You know, they got those foxes running around. We didn't kill any of those, but we saw a few. Um, bears lack add an extra, you know, bit of a heart thump to it and just bucks. I mean, if you hit it right, we'd see, you know, 20, 30, you know, 50 bucks in a day. Um, good bucks, uh, 
just incredible target rich three tags a piece um where can you do that you know where can you go with a handful of your buddies and just stack up bucks um it just speaks for itself like you just absolutely have to do it um anybody that you know thinks like oh yeah that, that, i can't do that man make it happen it's uh it's too much fun but yeah and what else i have uh i just put a down payment on a um caribou hunt for 2023 yeah that maybe seems a little early but those caribou hunts are not easy to come across and that's just one that's uh it's bucket list um i think we'll do that one for under five grand we did the moose for about five grand. And when I say we did the hunt for five grand, I mean, from the time I left my door till the time I picked up my meat and antlers from the uh, airport, door to door, um, all expenses, including beer and, you know, hotel stays and, you know, McDo I think I, I remember Hunter telling me i forget what our tab was at uh mcdonald's or burger king when we came back but it was something outrageous like 90 dollars <laughs> uh, guy craves when he when he doesn't have that kind of food for 10 days you know oh my god yeah it's crazy i remember when we got back um from the kodiak hunt uh we had two suppers like we went out twice um we got kicked out of several bars in kodiak city for nothing nothing terrible we we left on good terms but it was time for us to leave <laughs> i like how you like how you mentioned as far as expenses the number one uh, that you mentioned was beer first so no. <laughs> yeah yeah well that's the other thing about kodiak i'll say is or, or even alaska in general like kodiak is like 15 hours of downtime because it's dark um, and sure you can hunt until last light and then pack back in but you're still looking at a lot of time to hang out with your buddies um, which is why you know it's extremely important you pick the right people to be there with you could be holed up in the tent for days and no you most definitely do not want to run out of beer yeah um, <laughs> noted note to self yeah <laughs> i'm i'm not leaving you just let my dog out real quick she keeps whining at me oh no no worries that one uh on the fun on the fun scale it's a 10. Um, so yeah, yeah i'm looking thanks. forward to the caribou thing sort of something that i just have to get done and um then i think 2026 i will go back uh for moose but yeah, that's kind of how my schedule is. I have like a document that I can show my wife that has all my hunts on it. Um, at least anything big that's going to take, you know, a week or more. Because let's face it, I mean, it's one thing if you're single. I have not been single since I've been sort of out of my mind for Western big game hunting. Um, so I don't know anything about that. But uh, a supportive wife is uh, an absolute necessity take care of her in the off season. Absolutely. What else did you say? What do I have coming up? Uh, I, you know, Zach, I drew a 
goat tag. I drew a nanny goat tag in Colorado this year. Um, I've been applying for billies for a while. Um, I've been applying for nannies for the past couple of years just to up my odds. Um, you know, I'm 41 now, I'm drawing the tag now, all but assures that I'll draw another in my lifetime, regardless of what sex I go for. So, um, and yeah, lots of, lots of nannies in the Pope and Young, um, make Pope and Young. So that'll be the goal. It's a rifle tag, but uh, definitely planning on using my bow, hoping for the best. Um, but super excited about that one for this season. And uh, what else? I should draw a good um, antelope tag for Wyoming. Um, struck out in Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. Um, was going to tag along with my buddy for my elk season this year, who should draw a good tag, but uh, the goat thing might get in the way of that. And then uh, Nebraska, I'm going to come to Nebraska and shoot me a great big buck. That's my yeah. plan. I, uh, yeah. I, I came last year yeah. and, and hunted, you know, a bunch of public. I, I spent a bunch of time uh, scouting in the summer. Um, it was spectacular. Um, we picked stand sites and, you know, figured – as far as a, away from any major city as we can possibly get was where we would go. And I saw one bow hunter the whole time. We hunted nine days. Uh, I never shot at any big bucks, but oh man, did I have a couple of, you know, painful experiences, just one more step. And, you know, I told people a younger me would have shot <laughs> more than I did, but I'm proud of myself. You know, I never had a good, a really good shot, uh, sort of, you know, through a cedar, you know, just not, just not right. And, but, uh, saw a couple of, saw, saw some really nice bucks, like, you know, one fifties, um, and a couple of giants, um, one while I was sitting in the tree and one while I was driving around but uh, yeah, I had a great time. And, you know, as much as I'm into all the adventure, um, it's sort of lit a little fire under me for public land, whitetail. Um, you know, I'll take a, a big whitetail anyway, I can get it. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, you know, finding my own spots and um, discovering, you know, kind of kill trees, uh, spots where like, if you want to kill a deer, you're going to kill a deer. Um, we had like, I think the first day I sat, I had two bucks come in. I, I was putting up my tree stand at like one thirty, and I had two bucks come in while I was putting the tree stand up. So in, it doesn't take me long to put up a tree stand, like 15 minutes. And you know, the one I thought about shooting, uh, from my sticks without my with my stand on my back um, and the other one um, was just a little buck but yeah that was my that was my uh, introduction to Nebraska public land whitetail hunting now I can hear my kids smashing on the door 
<laughs> I locked them in there. I'm going to go talk to them again. All right, man. Good luck. <laughs> it, 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 it's not bad for your listeners to uh, oh. find out that like I'm an actual father. It, it adds to it. <laughs> I'll be right back, boys. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> well, uh, yep, we're back. What? Uh, yeah, I think we were just chatting about. Wrapping up about some Nebraska stuff. That's right. Oh, yeah. Nebraska. That's probably not as exciting for your listeners, but no, yeah, I was excited that's about That's very it. exciting for most of them. It honestly. is. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was incredible. I uh, Especially public land. That's awesome. Yeah, we aren't really known for that. You know, people never look at Nebraska and say, oh, let's go public land over the counter there. You know, we're only, what, 3% public land. I mean, it's not really a state that you look at coming to or going out of your way to hunt. No, no, that's that's excellent. Yeah, we we found some spots that were just absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, yeah, thirty, you know, forty deer in a sit. Um, you know, we've all hunted those properties that haven't been hunted before. I hunted several properties that hunted like that. You know, they're po- they're on the walk-in, um, but nobody has been hunting them. That's for sure um you 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 know like you get that access you know i did when i was a kid like oh i got this you know old lady she owns all this ground and she's gonna let me hunt and it's just deer after deer after deer and uh several places that were like that you know mature does without a clue um you know when you see that this spot has not been getting any pressure yeah. um and i shot a couple does and um came real close on some bigger bucks, um, had one sneak in super close on me. And <sighs> so I had my tree stand set up, like basically on the edge of this little finger, um, kind of creek bottom and all fields out behind me. Um, so what I found out is, geez, those fields are the places to hunt. Um, not necessarily the creek bottoms. Anyway, I'm set up looking at the creek bottom. I got a killer trail right in front of me, 17 yards or whatever. And it's first, first light. Like, you know, I de- it was definitely legal. I could see my pins and I was like, oh man, my grunt tubes. Like, I'm not a big grunt tube guy, but I always have it. Um, I want to know where it is. It wasn't in my pocket. I'm like, oh, geez, where's that? It's like, I'm reach and I reach around behind me to go in my backpack, which is hanging from the hook of the tree. And I look behind me, um, which is the field side, you know, CRP. And there's this deer, eight yards, um, 150 inch, eight point, just a stud of a deer. And he looks in my direction, but not up in the tree. But he turned around and, I mean, long story short, the only way I couldn't shoot was the way this deer took, you know, he took like 20 minutes to kind of sneak around behind me. He's at 15 yards the whole time, but I was backed up against this nasty cedar. And, you know, I can see his, you know, hooves, but... It wasn't happening. And uh, yeah, I've killed a lot of things. A big whitetail is not one of them. So imagine, you know, you can imagine my pain in that situation if I had just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a guy that like turns off the kill switch or like, you know, lets his guard down ever. But there I am at first light and a deer somehow sneaks in like way inside 
my range and uh, walks off and out of my life. But uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's that's what I love about bow hunting. You know, I'll still be thinking about that one until I let that arrow fly. Uh, yeah, thoroughly impressed with Nebraska. Did find a couple of places that were a little more obvious, like, you know, maybe the first good looking spot, um, you know, on Google Earth or whatever, like, wow, look at this. It's huge. It's got several center pivot pivots. It's all open creek bottom that were being hunted. But a lot of these, you know, smaller sort of off the beaten path, um, they were just not, no one had been hunting them um, at all, except us. Um, we had a heck of a good time. We shot, maybe three of us shot, I don't know how many deer, a six, a handful of does. My buddy shot like a 120 inch buck on the first day of rifle season, his last day to hunt. Um, but yeah, we were, we had a great time. I can't wait to go back this season. I'll be buying my tag on September 1st. And if I have a tag, I'm coming vigilante style, same as we did the turkey hunt, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I was made a quick trip of that, filled those tags too. Hopefully, you can do the same. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys will have to tell me I'm uninvited if you want me to not come any season. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever be an issue. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to that. And I don't know what else do I have going on. I um, this season, um, hopefully hunting with my dad. My dad's is he eighty two or eighty three? I don't know, but he's old, um, and he's my best bud. And anything I can do with him, um, he can't draw his bow anymore. Um, I just bought a nice rifle um, and took him out and. He shot like a half inch group at 300 yards. So um, yeah, anything I can do with him, I think I'll draw. We should draw some mule deer tags here in Colorado this year. And uh, yeah, I've got a decent spot for that. And that. That is, you know, I can pretty much drive him close to where he needs to be. Um, so that works, but uh, yeah, hopefully some of that. And I have kind of a contingency plan on whatever happens with the craziness right now. Um, maybe Arizona in January. Yeah. Um, I got to scratch that, that itch one of these days. Um, we talked about that in the turkey blind this spring. So, um, and I've had that kind of on my mind. But, yeah, that, that's, that's most of my season right there. Um, but who knows this year honestly i won't be surprised if i can't come to nebraska um but that's a whole nother topic yeah we hope we hope uh, hope it doesn't come to that anyways but we'll see willie kind of mentioned mule deer out there in colorado and i know for sure what kyle and i think about you know when it comes to that have, have you tried any high country stuff or what's your experience with that i know and Kyle and I have talked about that a lot. We had a good guest on here. He did a whole episode on it. Yeah. Uh, what's your experience with that? Uh, so I have killed a, you know, bunch of muleys. I've had some, there's some really good hunting during the fourth rifle season. Um, you know, that, you know, I'm telling all you next door neighbors here in Nebraska that, 
that, I mean, that is a great time to bow hunt mule deer. Um, the high country thing, yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I haven't done a bunch of it. Um, I tagged along with a good friend a few years ago. Um, we were on giant bucks. Um, it's there. It's, um, like I said, Alaska seems to be getting in the way of elk. Something always gets in the way of mule deer for me uh, during September. Like, I just, you know, that I, I'm not complaining. I love the state I live in um, and all the opportunities I have. But if I'm going to hunt something during September, it's probably going to be elk if it's going to be here in Colorado. So that is definitely, you know, um, put me back from getting in the high country a lot for mule deer, but it's there. I mean, I've got the, you give me a call, Zach, I'll put you onto some spots. We have, we have exceptional mule deer hunting. Um, you know, you got to pick the right spot. I mean, I always tell people information is worth way more than points. Um, you might have 10 points, but if you have somebody that's actually hunted a spot that you know, um, you know, I, I have a lot of resources and I try to, you know, I try to help people every year, but it's different if you've actually been there. Um, so yeah, I've got some spots kind of waiting that I haven't hunted um, here in Colorado that um, maybe now is, you know, our over the counter hunting has gotten so crowded that it's, uh, it's just not as fun as it used to be. It's harder to get away from people. Um, all the things that you don't want to deal with when you're hunting um, are definitely factors when you show up to the trailhead and there's, you know, 25 trucks and eight horse trailers. I mean, good luck with that. Um, definitely elk out there and deer out there, but uh way less pressure on the deer like you're not gonna probably not you probably have the deer yourself which is something that'll you know probably push me that way um coming up but right now i've been drawing those fourth t fourth season tags um and doing well i've drawn several archery tags and filled those tags and you know killed some velvet deer nothing huge um but some nice ones um I like it, but uh, it doesn't compete with the elk thing. If I'm going to put a week or so into it, um, yeah. it's probably going to be elk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, give me a call when you guys want to go. We'll set you up. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sounds awesome. good. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was when you were talking about public land hunting and stuff in Nebraska, I was just, just had a comment. I was just thinking it's, you know, it's nice to know that, you know, you uh you can still find some spots like that you know even even though there's you know like i said not a ton of public land and stuff in nebraska or you know some of these other states too i know you know i uh, i should uh i think i'm gonna draw uh iowa archery tag this year and so i'm pretty excited about that and you know they're iowa's kind of the same story as nebraska and stuff but a buddy of mine and I are planning on going and hunting. We're just going to hunt public land too. And so I'm sure kind of doing the same thing that you've done, sort of e-scouting and just trying to find some spots that look like they might hold some deer and, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, go with that. But so it's good to hear that, you know, there are some, 
are some hidden gems still in the world, even though, you know, there are a lot of hunters out there and a lot of guys that put in time and, and do those things. But so anyhow, that was just a, just a quick be surprised. Don't be worried about hunting public. Um, people are incredibly predictable, which is, you know, most of the reason that I've had the success that I've had on over the counter public land elk. Um, people just, you pick that spot that the first thing that you look at on Google Earth, don't go there. Um, and the way that you imagine accessing this back little cute little opening um, that you saw on, you know, doing your e-scouting, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, go somewhere else. Like that's where the bucks are going. Um, but you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I have a bunch of Iowa points too. I just bought my fifth. So, really? Are you? Are you? Yeah, we're going to need to talk. You go ahead. And, yeah, you go. You go guinea pig it for me. Um, <laughs> I'll let you know some of the things that I've been looking at because I'm sure we've probably been looking at the same units, if not unit. I'm going uh, to. We're planning to go to nine. So I don't know if you probably haven't. You're probably not going to that. One, I've looked but, at that a bit. You yeah. pro, You must have some intel on that, which is not good. really. Just love the country. I visited there couple years ago and it's just really cool it's in that driftless region big river bluffs just like Mm -hmm. just some cool country so i don't know i sort of visited there one time i was like i'm gonna hunt deer here someday so here we are i guess but i mean i have three points and i'm pretty sure we should draw with three points so but cool i'll be interested to see how you do yeah no i'm excited try to read as much as i can but you know it is what it is yeah i just need to get out there and put some boots on the ground here one of these days, but we'll see. Yeah. The public, uh, it gets underlooked. I mean, it's, uh, like I always often say to my buddies, like if we grew up out here and I'm saying that to them while we're in Nebraska and camp, there's no way we'd be hunting public land. We yeah. have three or four or 10 different farms that we could go hunt. Of course we would, but nobody can hunt except us. So the locals aren't hitting it. Um, you know, the day before rifle, holy shit, it's a zoo. Um, all of a sudden there's trucks everywhere. I haven't seen a single person and I don't know how long. And now there's guys on every hill with a spotting scope. But, uh, during bow season, there's just not a lot of guys out there. And there also is, you know, it might read different than that online. There's not a lot of guys that want to work really hard yeah um especially for a white-tailed deer um <laughs> but it's like that with elk too like you just pick something nasty and there's probably not going to be somebody there you know you read a lot of people saying like oh if you go 10 miles in that's where all the everybody is well if there's a trail but if there's no trail no there's nobody in there because what guys think they can do, they come out from out of state, they hit the trail, and they think they're doing themselves some kind of service by hiking four, five, six, ten miles on a trail. Uh, no. But every half mile that you hike off trail is putting you closer or into a spot that people probably aren't hunting. Um, same thing with whitetail. I mean, yeah, you can kill a deer. You can see your truck from a really good spot deer are, you know deer are smarter than elk they figure things out real quick um i have a buddy that killed a deer 
you know, I think he put a, you know, tape on it himself. So rough score, but it's giant, you know, 170s easy. Um, public land in Colorado on like a one point draw. And he could see his vehicle. He could see the parking lot from where he shot that deer at like eight o'clock with squirrel hunters walking past him and pheasant hunters and duck hunters. And here comes a giant buck. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they don't operate by the same rules as, you know, some, some of the other critters. Definitely. Well, I don't know if I had anything else, Zach, you got any other questions or anything that you had on your mind? I don't think so. Did everything really good. Definitely. Good. Well, thanks for having me boys. Um, yeah, thanks for what you're doing for Nebraska Bow Hunters Association. I haven't joined. I actually joined Kansas Bow Hunters um, last year, thinking I was going to draw Kansas, but I missed my 90 some percent odds and ended up in your state. And uh, man, I'm glad I did. Um, I can shoot more deer for less money, and uh, just uh, I loved it. I had a great time. I'll be uh, I'll be coming back to hunt. I hopefully. Uh, you know, sneak up you know, at least for a night or maybe, a, you know, an evening hunt and, and uh, hang out with you boys this, this uh, November, Zach. Um, Absolutely. Hope to see you guys. And uh, if either one of you are ever out here or you need any advice, please uh, don't hesitate. All right. Will, my, my dad just told me for coming on, he's going to get you a membership to the NBA and uh Maybe we can even talk into coming out to the Jamboree some year or something, shoot some 3D ranges for a few days. No doubt. What do they say? Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, exactly right. You won't you won't find a better time than the Jamboree. I almost guarantee that. So yeah. shoot, I don't know. Turkey season in Nebraska is about as most fun as, as hunting gets. Yeah. It's pretty fun for sure. Well, all right. Thanks, boys. Yep, thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you, it. You guys take it easy. Yeah, yep. you too, Will. All right, man. All right. So, uh, I think we're still recording, but yeah, I guess special thanks to Will again. Um, yeah, man, some great stories. Great stories. <laughs> I encourage anybody, you know, that's even if you're not a bow sider, get on there and read some of the stories sometime because I'm telling you what, those stories you read, they're they're better than anything you'll read in a high-end magazine, you know. Uh, and he's got Bugles Over Bourbon, Prairie Fire, come September. He just does like a big recap on his hunting season every year, and it's the most followed, I mean, threads on, on bow side. And it's just incredible how he can type up a story and the pictures he takes. So encourage you to check that out if, if you get a chance. You'll yeah. get to know Will a little more. So, no. For sure. Um, one thing I guess we didn't uh, touch on, any announcements for the NBA's act that we need to um, – there? No, not, that, not that I know of. Um, there's There will be a meeting coming up in June, and I'm sure we'll have a couple more podcasts out before then. So no new announcements as of now. So, yes. If anybody has any questions for us or anything, they don't don't hesitate to reach out. Yep, yep. Sounds good. Um very good. Well, 
yeah, I guess I'll try to get this uploaded. Let's run on 10:30 now. Probably get yeah, this uploaded tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Well, glad uh, glad we got Will on. That was good chatting with him. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Hope uh, I'll have to get him to meet you in person when he comes out here in November. Yeah. Be good. Be good. I'm sure I'll be up somewhere around there at some oh, point. Yeah. So. You better get him out for a jamboree or something. Hopefully, I'll have some. Hopefully, I'll have some intel on on Iowa at that time. But well, I mean, I don't. I haven't even drawn the tag yet. But well, I hopefully, think, should be finding out here soon. Yeah, I think we we should we should be. I guess I you just never know. But I, from what I've seen previous draws, we should be good. But yeah. Plus, I mean hate to say it, but maybe with this stuff going on you had people withdraw or modify applications and yeah a lot of other states I've, I've been seeing some guys have been pulling some tags because of that you know with yep yep less points than they you know they thought they would take draw it but yeah no that's it's exciting gotta love this time of year when yeah you know, you're applying for tags seeing what you pull so for sure man for sure it's, it's you're uh you're kind of in the situation that i was or you know you're sort of in that school stage right now and kind of that's a difficult spot to be in when you're wanting to do western hunting but (laughs) build build points and like like i said build points and kind of swing for the fence and if you happen to draw one of those hunts you'd make time for it exactly yep yep Yep. there's there's times ahead where now like you said school's kind of priority now but Still got to put, still got to put your name in the hat for a few things. Yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll all even out. Like I said, it's, I'm finally just, you know, past that point and starting to be able to do some of those things. So it's exciting, but, but, uh, yeah, anyhow, I guess, uh, good stuff, man. But, uh, anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Well, with that, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Wells. And this is the Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Thanks, guys.